0: This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you. Uh, We're ready to kick off another week, and I'm so happy to have two very patient good friends with me. The last time they were with me, uh, we were on the zoom call and um, we're not exactly what ha- sure what happened but it, way beyond Derek's ability to control it the computer decided it didn't want to work that day. so we're just sitting here having a wonderful conversation and anybody that was out there listening discovered we went away. <laughs> so you missed some really good stuff but we're, they are back with us public health administrator Doug tool and uh com- emergency planning and preparedness coordinator and community liaison Melissa Romer here and they're on the zoom call this morning and good morning to both of you good welcome morning, to Paul. morning welcome up? to Paul um so Melissa let's let's do a quick update uh where are we with crazy COVID and then we'll talk about where we're going and how we think we're going to get there
0: sure so we are um, we are still having a high number of cases. Um, one thing that's kind of disturbing is the number of young cases that we have. Um, you know, we're going anywhere from you know probably fifty to eighty percent of our new cases are under the age of twenty. Um, you know, in um, in the last thirty days, eighty percent of our cases have been those who've been under the age of sixty. Um, you know, it's it's just it's really our younger folks right now that are getting COVID. We're not seeing as high numbers uh in our sixty-five plus population. And and a lot of the reason is is because 70% of them are fully vaccinated. Um so you know, we're we're showing that the vaccine does work because we're we're even seeing that in some of our numbers. Um we're we're at um you know almost 30 hospitalizations still and you know, we're seeing a lot of more younger folks in the hospital. It's not just our older folks, um, you know. So, so we're still we're still in the thick of it, um, and it's you know it it's still an issue, um, you know, especially with kids back in school. Um, we have a lot of cases from our schools, so it's um, it's still status quo, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it is, and I and I got to tell you, when when you and Doug send out your reports. Boy, it seems like we've just had too many days where the deaths have been people in their 30s and 40s. And that's concerning. You know, I mean, it's it's one thing to talk about, well, young folks aren't taking it serious and they're not getting vaccinated. But when they start dying. Right. We better all stand up and pay attention because there are you know, that's your age group. That's the folks that that drive us.
0: Well, and for a while we were averaging at least, you know, a death a day. So in the past 30 days, we had about 25 deaths and, you know, that's, that's not good. That's, that's numbers that we were seeing, um, a year ago. And, you know, and that was, that was when we were at the height of it. That's when we thought it was going to be the worst. And the majority of those were from our nursing homes, from our older folks. And now we're seeing a turn and we're seeing a lot younger folks.
1: I think one time when we'd had at the point where we had had 25 deaths in 30 days right 14 of them were under 60. I think um, so, yeah. and that's that to me is like this glaring thing that says whoa wait a minute what's going on here
0: yeah so yeah. that's
1: why we started to pay a little bit more attention to that well we have all along but yeah the urgency I guess the urgency factor Hey, Doug, what are you hearing from other um, health administrators around the state? Everybody going through this or what?
2: Everyone's going through it. Um, our death count seems higher than most of them in our region.
1: Yeah. What about that? Mr. Public health administrator, what about
2: that? (laughs) It's really hard to say our community has been hit pretty hard with this. Um, you know, the, the positivity rate is not where we want it to be. The number of people hospitalized is not where we want it to be in this region. But for Million County residents, um, are, we're, getting, we're losing far too many of them to this disease. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and Linda, you know, I'd like to add in too that, you know, every, a lot of times when I get asked about those in the hospital and those who have died, if they have underlying health conditions, because that's everyone's excuse is, well, you know, they must've had underlying health conditions. And what people forget is that over 50% of Vermilion County adults have some type of underlying yeah. health condition. We are yes. not, a we're unfortunately not a healthy community. And so more of our younger folks are susceptible. And we've had even some who've had no underlying health, (laughs) health conditions and they have been severely affected or have lost their life to this. Um, But, you know, when, when I look at some of the underlying health conditions, I'm looking at um, being a smoker or uh, being obese or having diabetes. Um, You know, those are, those are ones that I see a lot. Uh
1: And our and, hearts too. Our yes, hearts are our us hearts. forever at younger and younger ages.
0: Right. So, you know, that's one of the reasons too that we're seeing, you know, more than Champagne County. Our death rate is is much higher than Champagne Counties. And I think we've even surpassed, you know, just even the number of deaths. And you know, our population is, you know, a fraction of Champagne. So um that's that's really concerning and that's something that we need to we need to look at and say you know what this isn't this isn't right we shouldn't we need to do better and we can do better our um 16 to 64 population only 37 percent are fully vaccinated right now and when we look at the statistics and we look at the number of older folks and the younger folks and we're seeing more younger folks you know The vaccinations are working. 70% of our adult, of our 65 plus are vaccinated.
1: I guess one of the things that really surprises me in all of that is um, our lack of acceptance. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but so, so everybody's just going about their lives and kind of ignoring that and not looking at that and realizing, wait a minute, what she just said was, Right. Our death rate is higher than champagne. Our, our, our positivity rate is 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 worse than should be. You know, these are all things, are lead, they're leading indicators that we have issues. Yeah. And yeah, we're all out there running around like everything's just peachy fine. And I, yeah. I, I think that's what I find, and I'm sure you do too, <laughs> <laughs> the most frustrating in all of this. People acting as if it's like no big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's still, there's still the misinformation out there. And, you know, some things that I think, you know, I've kind of stopped talking about some of the myths and facts because I'm thinking, well, everybody knows that these are myths, but they don't. There's no. so much, there's still so much misinformation out there and people spreading, you know, stuff on social media or just talking to friends. And, you know, when, when, when we had the the polio outbreak in many, many years ago. And that was the forties and fifties, I think. And, um, you had uh, stars who were getting their polio vaccine to show the rest of the world that, you know, yes, I can do that. And that's, that's not, that's not how we do things anymore. We're not looking to, you know, it was Elvis Presley who, who had a picture of him getting his polio shot and um, you know, being. And it an mattered at the time. It mattered. It did. It did. And now that kind of stuff doesn't matter. And, and no. the thing that matters is, is your peers is, you know, people who you trust. And, you know, so we need, we need leaders in our community to start stepping up and saying, you know what, I think it's the right thing to do to get vaccinated or to wear a mask or to social distance. You know, we, we have, we have kids coming to school who, who are positive or who've been exposed because parents just they they don't want to keep their kids out. And while I can understand that, you know, you do have some parents who have severe underlying health conditions. And so when you send a child that is sick to school and you give it to another child and they take it home, there are severe consequences to that.
1: Absolutely.
0: I think that's why um
1: you know, like things like what uh, Ed Butler did, the NAACP did over the weekend trying to, uh, down at the Temple Plaza, trying to raise awareness. What we tried to do last week when we pulled some people together, young leaders, uh, young guns, uh, as I call them, uh, together at the library to start having conversations about what they can do to make this uh, impact their their peers. All that stuff matters. It's little steps. It's mm-hmm. not going to solve it, but we've got to start talking about this because... We can't keep going like this. No. We just can't do it. So we're going to come back and talk more with uh, Melissa and Doug in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490, WDAN.
2: 1490, WDAN.
1: Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDA, and Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning and our thanks to Peter Blackman for that <laughs> great message from the library and Baby Yoda. Um, and please do get your library card. With me this morning is Public Health Administrator, Doug Toole and uh, Emergency Planning and Preparedness Coordinator and unfortunately COVID expert, <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Rome who has had to live and breathe COVID for uh, quite a while now, and I know she's tired of it. So let's veer off for just a minute. We'll come back and talk more about COVID and trying to conquer this quirky virus. But Doug, you just got a shipment in of seasonal flu vaccine, correct?
2: That is right. Our first shipment of seasonal flu is here, and we hope to be announcing the dates of our flu clinic any day now.
1: And how important is that this year? Because in the midst of all of this going on, tell people, yeah, there's another shot you need to get, but really and truly, to keep things under some semi sense of control, people need to get that seasonal shot.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Flu, we're all very familiar with seasonal flu and how hard it hit the community. So we're asking people to, you know, continue to get those flu vaccines, even though it seems like all the talk is right now, coronavirus for good reason. Um, the flu is still can have, can be devastating to individuals and to our communities. So we are asking people to get vaccinated to help prevent the spread of that.
1: So Alyssa, what are we expecting this seasonal, uh, this season with flu, with seasonal flu?
0: So, you know, I've heard some reports that are saying, you know, that we, um, we could definitely see some some spikes in, um, you know, compared to last year. And, you know, every I always got asked, well, what happened to flu? The flu just disappeared. And I said, no, flu didn't disappear. But, you know, when you're actually practicing social distancing, masking, staying home when you're sick, <laughs> the flu decides to not show up because it's not being spread. So, you know, when you look at the statistics of our flu numbers last year, I mean, pretty much non-existent because we had those practices put into place. Now, some of those practices have been a little bit relaxed, you know, compared to last year, even though we are now masking again when we're indoors and I hope that will help. Um, they are saying that you definitely still need to get your flu shot. And that was another thing. They saw a huge increase in the number of people getting their flu shot last year. So that also probably attributed to the lower numbers. So, um, I, I, what I, what my fear is, is that because people didn't see high flu numbers last year is that they're going to say, well, then maybe I don't need my flu shot. And that's, that's not the case. You still need to get your flu shot. Um, because we don't want to see a lot of cases, you know, of COVID and flu together. Um, you know, COVID is enough. And if we, if we, you know, top on another virus to it, that's never a pretty picture. So, you know, we 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 definitely need to be cognizant that it may not be like last year where we didn't really see flu. Um, but we can do we know we can do things about that. We know that if you're sick, please stay home, go get tested, find out if you have the flu, or if you have COVID, or if you have something else. There are other diseases out there too. Um, you know, and take those precautions of washing your hands wearing a mask when indoors um until things start to you know get get more i hate to say get back to normal i don't even know what that is anymore yeah who but, knows you know take those extra precautions so that that we're not spreading the flu as well
1: yeah I, I, you know there was some uh, there was some sense of uh, pleasure last year um uh, just in watching uh the seasonal flu issue after all those years of telling people, cough in your elbow, sneeze in your elbow, wash your hands continuously, social distance, you know, all those things that we kept saying over and over again for seasonal flu and nobody really listened. Then all of a sudden with COVID, that, they got serious about it. And it was kind of mm-hmm. cool to see that it does work. Yeah, <laughs> There well, you go. You it mean, actually does. Public health works.
0: Right. You know, in some of our, our more worst years of the flu we've gone up from you know almost 8% of outpatient visits were because of the flu whereas you know this past year we've only seen um like 1.9% of of outpatient visits due to the flu so i mean it was down significantly. And it was down farther than any, any of the past years since 2016, 2017. Um, It was just, it's just wild to look at.
1: Well, so um, yeah, uh, you're, you're thinking about, you know, the, the seasonal flu factor. um, And, you know, you think, well, seasonal flu is no big deal, but if you haven't had seasonal flu in a long time, you forget. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty nasty itself. While COVID yeah. is a whole different ball game than anything I've ever experienced. Yeah, seasonal flu is nothing to get too excited about either. It's you know it can be pretty it can nasty. Be very, yes. It can one be very I, One thing I've noticed, besides the fact that people are more cognizant about washing their hands and how they sneeze and, the sneeze and cough and all that. Uh, really is what you were talking about in terms of people staying home when they're sick. You know, back in the day, you didn't do that. Mm -mm, You went to work regardless. And not that that's not a, a, you know, I I understand that's a noble thing, but the fact that we were going to work and carrying germs with us and making our work peers sick, is probably not the brightest thing in the world. So I've noticed just over those last couple of years, more and more people will say, you know, I don't think I can do that because I don't feel right. I don't know yeah. what it is. Let me see how yeah. it goes. I may need to get tested. I mean, they're more cognizant of that, which I think is great.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, when you think about outbreaks and just even norovirus and mm-hmm. the flu and how quickly those spread and how, you know, I remember in years past when you know we find out that half of a classroom was out because one child came in with the norovirus or with the flu and you know it took out a whole, almost a whole class sure. and you know that's that's something that our our society doesn't really look too uh, keenly on days off if you're sick you know there are some places that you know if if i don't go to work sure. i don't get paid and if my child is sick i have to stay home so i don't get paid so you know that we, we we've kind of just learned to to go to school sick or go to work sick and and that's kind of the predicament of why why we have all these problems is because um you know, where it, it, it's best to stay home so you don't spread your germs.
1: Yeah. Isolation turned out to be a really good thing, kind of Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're gonna go to break me we'll back in just a moment to Newsmakers 1490 W D A N.
2: 1490 W D A N.
1: Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDA and Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning with Melissa Rome, Emergency Planning and Preparedness Coordinator for the Vermilion County Health Department and Public Health Administrator Doug Toole. Hey, Doug, one thing we haven't talked about in all of this, and I'm sure you've probably had some conversations uh, with the other public health administrators across the state, what has all this done to you in terms of your budget and your staffing challenges? I know that I was in a meeting with uh, Ned Hill, the new CEO of the hospital last week, and he was talking about the challenges of finding enough staff, keeping enough staff, and then there's always that whole budget thing. And for the health of the county health department, you guys function in function on the county's budget. So how has this all been for you? We really haven't talked about that too much.
2: The budget part and the staffing part are two really different conversations. They are. Uh, we've been, the state has come through with, uh, grants for local health departments to help with contact tracing and with mass vaccination clinics. Now both of those grants are due to expire with the calendar year. And there's really been no talk about extending that into 2022, which definitely needs to happen. We've also benefited to extend our reach. We weren't the only ones taking care of uh, the community during all this. Our healthcare partners certainly stepped up with vaccinations. Uh, The pharmacies, the clinics, some of our local providers, absolutely our two hospital systems have helped out a lot with that. Can't say enough about the state providing you know, dozens of national guard troops and a dozen extra nurses to us for three months at zero cost to us. I mean, without that sort of help, there's no way, no amount of money could have allowed us to do what we did in 2021, um, without that additional help of our partners and the state. When it comes to staffing, that becomes a different conversation. Again, we've had a lot of help. We're not the only ones having to do the clinics. Uh, the state has a team of folks. Who help with contact tracing? Although we're not as caught up as I'd like to be, um, but we're also getting pulled in a couple directions. In 2020, we kind of got a pass, and we were told—I'm uh, thinking environmental health in particular—was told, "Okay, we're, we don't expect you to do your normal inspections unless there's some need uh-huh. to." Um, so we could redirect them toward helping them with the COVID response. 2021, that stopped. Um, we are still environmental Health is doing the field inspections like any other year. And we're having to rely more and more on, uh, communicable disease staff. And some temporary part-time contact tracers and some retirees we've brought back, uh, to help us with contact tracing and vaccinations.
1: So, um, are you. you have your moments where uh, both of you, where you kind of sit there and wonder how you got what done what you've done? I mean, it's, uh, there aren't, you know, I mean, it's a multiple, really it is, it's a multiple layer problem, um, especially with staffing. Because quite frankly, from what I understand, there's just not that many people going into the nursing profession right now. So not only are there not that many people out there that are trained, there's not that it, even that many coming in for backfill. So it's kind of amazing you've done what you've done. That's got to make you feel a little bit good, even though you're not where you want to be.
2: We have historically had a really good staff here at the county health department and enough cannot be said about the people working here currently and the ones who helped us out in 2020 who are no longer with us. I mean, this is, um, the county will never know, our community will never know how much extra work they put into this. How many, yeah. uh, you know, you, you're, you're tired and you're ready to go home, but you're going to take just, just take that one last phone call before you head out for the day or, you know, talk to someone else while you're in the bleachers at a game who's got a question for you about public health. So uh, we, the staff here have really, really, really stepped up far beyond what the public
1: knows. Yeah, I agree. I'm sure. um, And and everybody's tired. Everybody's burned out. We all know that. Uh, Melissa, you've got on your website, right, um, all the testing opportunities Mm -hmm. that are available for people. And we've got some new stuff with that. So people really need to check that out, correct?
0: Right, right. Um, Testing is definitely uh, uh, an issue right now because Carl was so inundated that they've had to go more to, if you're symptomatic, um, then you know make an appointment to get tested. OSF is having to do the same. So you know if you're wanting public testing, you're, you've got shield testing uh, with the Vermilion County Health Department here um, on, Wednesday, on Wednesdays from 11 to 3. and now luckily they're at DAC from nine to three on Fridays. Um, you get online to our website because you it is very important to register first. Um, we've had to go to registering. Um, and for at least our location, making appointments. Um, so it's really important to, you know, get get that done first before you head. Otherwise, you'll be there for a long time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so real quick, before we get out of here, you and I were having a conversation. It looks like the trend is we may. We may spike some more. And then maybe by the end of October, into November, we may be in a better place. Maybe.
0: Maybe. you know, when looking at the uh forecasting from the CDC, they are showing a huge drop off by the end of October. Um, and that's because that's what Delta did in the United Kingdom and in India. It was pretty rampant for two to three months, and then it started to finally drop off. And so that's what we're we're looking at. Um, I I I give that information with caution though. That doesn't mean that you know, like, oh, it's going to drop down so I can ditch the mask. I really don't have to get vaccinated. Some of that is dependent on if you wear a mask and get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's really important to, you know, I, I I get excited when I see those, but I also am very cautious because, again, you know, that's when we really saw our uptick last year was at the end of October, at the beginning of November into to January is where we our cases and our deaths soared because we went indoors and the air is drier and so viruses spread easier so you know it's i i i caution us but it's also it's also maybe a little bit of a excuse me a glimmer of hope
1: well i was going to say it's like we were talking earlier before we went on air uh melissa and i are big believers in giving you some hope we just want to give you a reality dose of it, that it may happen, it may not. The trend indicate it's going to, and if it does, that's terrific. So people can get all the information they need by going to the health department's website, which as I recall (laughs) from many years ago is vchd.org, right? Correct.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Um, So go and check and you can find out about testing. You can see what the trends are And again, pay attention to what's going on. You have control over some of this, so please participate. Take care of yourself and other people. Thank you both so much. Thank you for all you are doing. You and the entire VCHT staff, it's appreciated.
0: Thank you, Linda.
1: Remind your husband he's on tomorrow with. Oh, we already
0: had we already had this discussion yesterday because I was like, "Ooh, remind me I'm on the radio tomorrow," and then he's like, "Ooh, remind me I'm on the radio Tuesday."
1: I know. I noticed that. We're having like a Rome thing. So uh, join me tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Join me tomorrow. And I'll be talking to Jason Rome and Maestro Jeremy Swirling on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. And I'm Linda Bolton.
2: Danville's talk station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com.
1: You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.